0: One word, what is going on? We are back with episode two. I'm with my man, Josh Lane. Come on, people, let's go. (laughs) We are so pumped to be back uh, today. We've got another episode on courage. Josh, what are we talking about? Yes,
1: episode two: sustained
0: courage. Let's go. What's the main idea of today? Main idea of sustained courage is that living in courage is a daily decision. Let's go. So, so we're excited. Gonna, we're gonna dive right into what that means. You ready to get started? Let's get started. All Come right, on. Let's go. Thank you guys uh, for joining us again. We are loving this podcast. We find it so much fun. We are in the middle of talking about courage right now. So that first episode, Josh, what did we talk about?
1: The first episode was about taking the first step. So this episode is about sustained courage, episode two. But we had some feedback and they said, hey, could you share personal examples from your lives? We gave good examples. In our challenge, you know, to take the first step. The grocery store clerk, uh, the barber, whoever it is that you have a relationship with that you see on a daily basis. So I wanna share a personal example. Is that cool?
0: Yep, let's do it. We're diving right in.
1: Let's do it. So, one thing that our family does every year is we do Christmas caroling. We Mm. actually, in South Florida, There's no snow. It's probably like maybe 50 or 60 degrees. Yeah. But we do Christmas caroling. We have a bunch of friends over and we go down the street in the neighborhood and we knock on houses and we sing songs. And it's old school. It's old school. But what we do is at every house a couple people stick around afterwards and they share the gospel or invite Mm -hmm. that neighbor to church. See, that's taking the first step, right? Right. So that's cool. This is a good example, a little little translation from the first episode to the second one. Yes, yes. From taking the first step to sustain courage. So taking the first step is doing that. Mm. I feel like neighbors are my example of people I've built a relationship with. I remember years ago, Jack, the owner and founder of Jack's Hamburgers, he uh, was a person that I had a heart for. And I would... I would always see him around the neighborhood, him and his wife, they're walking their dogs or whatnot, or see him in the store or whatever. And I remember just constantly trying to build a relationship with him, sharing the gospel with him. And I remember even on his deathbed, um, I went to the hospital mm. and shared the gospel with him. Now, he oh. wasn't responsive, so I don't know mm. whether or not he received salvation, invited the Lord into his life, but... That was a person who I go, man, that took some courage in my life. It, it's pretty awkward when yeah. you're going to share the gospel with someone and they can't respond and they're about to die. And it's a very tender situation. But the reason I was able to do that was because of the relationship I had built with this guy beforehand. You know, mm-hmm. this wasn't just like yeah. a blind thing. So, yeah. man, take that first step. And as we transition into the second episode, let's find a way that we can encourage listeners to have sustained courage.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a perfect example of, of that blend from taking the first step, what we talked about and standing in the gap for someone, asking the Lord to open your eyes to people around you. And Neighbors is a great, great example of that. Mm. And so how that manifested itself in an opportunity to share the gospel with with someone is, that's incredible. Mm. That's incredible. So thanks for sharing that. For hopefully, sure. Hopefully for sure. that helps a little bit. Um,
1: let's keep sharing going forward.
0: Yes, let's do it. I love it. I love it.
1: Cool. Well, Nick, we got a character in this episode that's pretty gnarly.
0: (laughs) Pretty gnarly. (laughs) Pretty gnarly. (laughs) To say the Um, least. To say the least. Hey, (laughs) William Wilberforce, right? Yes, William Wilberforce. So today we're talking about sustained courage, like Josh said, uh, and and the person that we're going to point to as an example of that throughout history is William Wilberforce. Now, maybe that name... Rings a bell with you. Uh, maybe it doesn't, but that's all right. Either way, we're just going to break down a little bit about what he did um, and how he exemplified sustained courage better than most people. Wow. Yep. Nick, tell us about this guy. Yes. Share your
1: story with us. Yes.
0: So, so William Wilberforce was a man who was around in the late 1700s, early 1800s um, in England, and okay. he was a part of the British Parliament. So... So he sort of grew up, um, there's a lot of details known about his life and how he got plugged into politics at such a young age, but um, we'll skip over that for the podcast's sake. But anyways, by the time he was in his early 20s, he was pretty, played a pretty significant role in, pol- in politics in England um, and found himself in Parliament, found wow. himself really good buddies with the Prime Minister. Wow. So it's a pretty big deal. It is. Um, So what he did that was so incredible, um, besides just being William Wilberforce, this book that we're (laughs) we're getting this information from is called A Man Who Changed His Times. So if that sort of introduces him at all, um, he was known as a man who changed his times. Wow. Um, And specifically, a man who introduced um, the abolition of the slave trade in British Parliament and eventually got it passed crazy so yeah we're gonna look at how that journey um was difficult was long and drawn out but how ultimately after years and years and years of sustained courage he made it happen wow yes. that's amazing it's that's incredible. amazing it's incredible so so sort of early on in his uh in his journey Growing up, he was a Christian and then sort of walked away or just became disinterested in faith, but held on to his morals. And then at the age of twenty-five, Wilberforce had sort of what he called a great change, which was kind of just like a reawakening, a rediscovering of Christ and of his need for a savior. So that plays a huge, huge role um, in sort of under the undertaking of this abolition of the slave trade. Definitely. So um, so he's presented with the idea of, hey, why don't you try to introduce the abolition of the slave trade? Why don't you just go for it? So he writes in his journal, actually, there's a recording of this, um, early, early on in his career in, in parliament. I think when he was 25 or early 20s, wow. um, where he said, God has placed two things in front of me. And one of them was the abolition of the slave trade. And the other was what was called the Reformation of Manners. But... Yeah. Wow. So pretty, pretty intense stuff. So a bunch of people sort of caught wind of this, um, and one of those people was John Wesley, who okay. yeah, pretty big figure in the Christian world. But he wrote this letter to to Wilberforce right before Wesley died, and it it ended with this. He said, "Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, then you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils." But if God be for you, who can be against you?
1: Wow, that's crazy. Nick, read that again. I need to hear that again. We got to
0: go through that one more time. Come on. Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, then you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty, pretty big time stuff coming from John Wesley. So early on, I think Wilberforce was pretty optimistic about this, but also had people telling him like, Hey, man, this is going to be a battle. Yeah. There's opposition that's going to come in all forms. And I think a lot of opposition that was straight in his face was from his the people that he worked with. Wow. And um, people in British society. At this time, England was, um, I think, led the world in slave trade. Wow. So you can imagine how absurd this was. Yeah. Um, What
1: what are some things that happened to him? I know some crazy opposition faced him. Yeah. We we can't even really fathom.
0: Yeah. So some of the opposition, some examples are that the royal family was very much against him. Um, That's a big deal in England. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. (laughs) The people that run the place, they don't want him there. Um, By other people in parliament, he was beaten twice. Physically just beat up. Yeah. That's pretty bizarre to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the majority of the cabinet in british politics and parliament did not want the abolition of slavery even if they recognized or abolition of slave trade excuse me even if they recognized that it was it was not a good thing it was inhumane it was way too ingrained in their way of life to even think about doing wow. something about so wow. there was a lot of a lot of opposition a lot of prominent figures just speaking out directly against mm. him calling What he was doing, damnable. That's what Admiral Lord Nelson said. Um, So a lot, a lot of opposition coming straight at a 25-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So,
1: Nick, we we looked at Nehemiah's life last Mm -hmm. week, right? And Mm -hmm. he took a courageous first step. Yep. But it only took him 52 days to rebuild the wall. Right. We're not saying that's a bad thing. That's incredible. (laughs) That's nuts. But when you look at William Wilberforce's life— it took a lot longer, didn't it?
0: Yeah. So, so this abolition of slave trade, um one of the things that that was set before him by God, took him 20 years to wow. to see a bill passed to abolish the slave trade. Wow. So he started this journey in 1787 and then in 1807, he there was a bill that was passed in the British Parliament. Wow. That's a true picture. Slave trade. So 20 of years. Yeah. Two decades that's crazy day in that and day crazy. out that that's is crazy. that's insane so yes yeah, so through the, throughout these 20 years there was a lot that happened um, we've been through or we talked about some of the opposition that he faced um, but then again just the daily grind Ooh. you know of, of having a family of wow. going to work day in day out of having sleepless nights this wow. this fight made him physically ill wow. because um, he was putting so much time and effort towards it, um, the stress that he was under, but but we want to read this um, passage to you, um, and this is describing the scene in the house when the bill was passed for the abolition of the slave trade. So... Here goes on February 23rd, 1807, after 20 years of tireless campaigning by Wilberforce, the house of commons debated the bill and it was obvious it would pass this time. There was a most dramatic moment when attorney general Samuel Romilly in his speech contrasted Napoleon and Wilberforce retiring to rest that night, Napoleon in pomp and power, yet his sleep tormented by the blood he had spilled and Wilberforce returning after the vote to the balsam of his delighted family lying down in pure happiness knowing he had preserved so many millions of his fellow creatures. Before Romilly could finish, the house rose as one man and turned toward Wilberforce with parliamentary cheers. Hear, 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 hear. Then somebody gave a most unparliamentary "Hurrah!" and the house erupted in hurrahs. Wilberforce was scarcely aware of it. He sat, head bowed, tears streaming down his face. The bill was carried by 283 votes to 16. The odious slave trade was ended. Wow. So the culmination of 20 years of tireless work of fighting for his brothers and sisters all over the world who were being treated as far less than human because he knew that that was placed before him and he was willing to stand in the gap for them. That's amazing. Even though it took 20 years.
1: That's amazing. I want to point out too that We talked about earlier how no one else was for this. He had so much opposition. And his first step of courage and then his sustained courage, Mm -hmm. living in courage daily, Mm -hmm. day in, day out, like you said, changed the tide in parliament, changed the tide across a country, changed the tide across a region of the world. And he saw, because of his courage, courage happen in other
0: people's lives.
1: He saw the first step.
0: Yeah, he definitely, and I don't, we don't want to paint a picture that it was him versus everyone. There were a few people that were on his side, but he was certainly, certainly the minority. Um, But yeah, and the courage of taking the first step in admitting that this is what God has charged me with wow. and I'm going to go for it. Wow. And and then being willing to, to continually chase that day in and day out. And I just think of like 20 years of to me, at least, that seems like so long. I mean, you're what, twenty three years old? T- yeah, I'm
1: twenty two. Like that's, that's crazy. That's our whole that's life crazy. up to this point.
0: So I just think of like what at what markers could he have been like? I'm out. Like yeah. if he if he chased that for ten years, I would say that's a pretty good fight. Yeah. And he was only halfway. If he would have walked out at fifteen years, fifteen years that's more than most people stay in a career. Yeah. Then Then history would be not the same. It's true. And twenty years. Twenty years. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: Well, hey, this is a new segment. New segment. Let's take a little break. Let's heat it up. Let's get back into the content. Come on. Nick, you're sitting in the hot seat, baby. The hot seat. So, (laughs) we're going to trade back and forth every week. The hot seat. You start off in the hot seat. Yep. Thank you for being willing to start it off. Thank you for taking the first step of courageously sitting in the hot seat. (laughs) It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So, I get to ask you a question. You don't know what the question is.
0: Bring it on.
1: Nick, I'm starting off easy. All right. But, if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where
0: would you be? Oof. Oof. Where would I be? That's a great question, first of all. Second of all, not a super easy answer, but I think my instincts say Columbus, Indiana. (laughs) I mean, you gotta, you just gotta. The architecture capital of the Midwest. (laughs) Come on, shout out. That's. I thought that (laughs) might be coming up. I thought we. In all seriousness, I think that I would probably um, go pick up my sisters and my parents and drive up to Petoskey, Michigan. Wow. That's where that's where I'd be right now with my family. Okay. Shout out to to the squad. Yes. I love it. I love
1: it. True family man.
0: Yes, you gotta be. I love it. You gotta be. But great question, great question. Cool. All right, so you get me back, time. All right, All right, all right, I'll get you. I got, I got a good question coming for you. Cool. But all right, so jump in a little bit back into the content. We looked at sustained courage in the life of William Wilberforce, but we've got a little bit more, um, just towards towards living that out. We know, yeah. I guess, what it is and what it takes. But Josh, um, hit us with some some key points about what it means to actually live sustained courage. Yeah. So I think the first
1: two Mm -hmm. uh, things that step out at me are this is number one, living in courage requires facing opposition head on. Mm. I'm going to say that again. Living in courage requires facing opposition head on. We saw that in the story of William Wilberforce. Yeah. I mean, you read a quote. About how much opposition he had. You gave us yeah. countless examples of the opposition he had. Yep. And we've
0: got another quote on there. One of your personal favorites. This is one of my personal personal favorites. So John Wayne says this, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Woo. Let's go. Being scared Woo. to death, but saddling up anyway. And Nick, I want to I point out
1: that opposition, it come it came in the life of William Wilberforce from other people. Mm-hmm. But I want to point out the internal opposition that he probably faced as well. Yeah. The fear that he had to face. And that's the first thing that we have to overcome. If we want to live courageous lives, yes, we face opposition for other people. We face opposition in the world. We have enemies. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's an internal battle and it's overcoming that fear. You know, the dictionary defines courage as the absence of fear. But I don't like that. Mm. I think that... Courage is the overcoming of fear. Yeah. I believe that everyone has fear in their lives that has to be overcome if they want to live in courage. Yep.
0: And I would even say that in, uh, on a daily basis, I think more often than not, that fear um, and the opposition comes from within, from our own fears yeah. rather than from, from outside forces. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great point, though. That's so good. hmm Opposition that comes from within. I want to add another quote, too. Yes. Levi Lusco. All right. Levi Lusco. He
1: said this No one gets to live his or her dream without other people trying to turn it into a nightmare. Ooh. Opposition is table stakes for living the life you were born to live.
0: Dang. Wow. Dang.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: So essentially,
1: (laughs) what Levi's saying is that if you want to live the life, That you were born to live, you're going to have to overcome opposition. You're going to have to live with courage. Dang. I mean, it's no wonder that God commanded so many people in the Bible to take courage. Yeah. Again, we we closed last week with the the gentle promise (laughs) and reminder that he will be with us.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's so true. But man,
1: opposition is table stakes for living the life you were born to live.
0: Wow. Dang. And I think that when I hear that, and, and I'm probably um, in agreement with a lot of the listeners here, is that, that part of that like amps me up, saying, like, all right, let's go. But there's also part of that where that fear we're talking about sort of wells up, of like, yeah. whoa, I'm going to have to stand up, not just for something, but in opposition to other things, too. Like, there's there's a scary reality of that, where the yeah. courage comes from. So. So we're talking about courage and this podcast is, is so fun and we want it to be enjoyable, but there's also a reality of this. That's not like, this is a challenging thing to think about and to reckon with, to actually do. Wow. So I think that, that if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, man, that's, that doesn't really make me want to be courageous. I think that's, that's pretty normal. That's natural. But yeah, but I think that that's where the courage really has the opportunity to flourish. Mm.
1: That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, number two would be this that it is more about the virtue than the outcome.
0: Come on.
1: Courage is more about the virtue than the outcome. That's so good. I love how that ties in to everything we've talked about.
0: Yeah. Even the
1: first story that I shared, right? I highlighted Mm -hmm. that I don't know the outcome Mm -hmm. of what I shared with Jack.
0: Yep.
1: I don't know if he came to know the Lord. That burdens me, but I I don't know. But the thing is, we're not called to certain outcomes in our life. We're called to certain virtues. We're called Mm. to take courage. God says take courage. He doesn't say save 500 people. He doesn't say change the tides of slavery in the world. He doesn't say. He says live courageously.
0: Yeah. Man, that's so good. That's so good. That's so applicable to this young adult audience as well um, and thinking of just even like trying to map out a career or um, a life and thinking it would be so much easier to just have the roadmap laid out in front of you. Yeah. And so often we see in the Bible, we see throughout history that that's just normally not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, yeah. Um, but yes, that's so good. More about the virtue than the outcome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So Alright Josh Recap What do you got for us What's the main idea Sure thing From from what we talked about today The main
1: idea we talked about Was that living in courage Is a daily decision If we Mm. want sustained courage We gotta walk in courage Every day We gotta decide To live courageously Each and
0: every day Nick What were our two main points Here we go Two main points It is more about the virtue Than the outcome And living in courage Requires facing opposition Head on Wow. Wow. it's good stuff. All right, Josh. You know we can't leave without a little challenge for we our can. audience. We can't.
1: Hey, this was another good area of feedback. Yes, that's People true. People loved the challenge. Yes. People loved the challenge. Yes. So let me hit everyone with our next challenge. Do it. Okay. Nick, you did this for me in my life. A couple years ago was the roughest season of my life, the most dark season. hmm And you did something for me that we like to talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. But you did it for me. You embodied it. And you stood in the gaps for me. You stood in the gaps. So, our challenge this week is to reach out to someone who you can regularly stand in the gaps for. Hmm. Reach out to someone who you can regularly stand in the gaps for. That's so
0: good. (sighs) That's a... What yeah. does that
1: look like? It, it can be as simple as sending a text.
0: Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. So that's, I mean, that's a tough one, but that's a that's a good one. Regularly standing the gaps for. So I think that can look like a lot of different things. You know someone mm-hmm. that maybe maybe you see um, doesn't socialize with too many people. Maybe they might yeah. look a little bit lonely and you reach out to them. Maybe it's at church. Maybe it's at work. Hey, come hang out with us after work tonight. Or, hey, you want to come to church with me? Or yeah. Uh, maybe it's a friend that you know is going through just a tough season Mm. maybe they're experiencing a loss or or whatever it may be um but continuing to ask them hey what's up let me listen to you just let me let me hear what what you're going through i want to be Mm. in it with you Mm. so so how can you regularly stand in the gaps for others and i think that's i don't want to we don't want to undermine how that can be difficult but how it's so worth it yeah so worth it
1: Yeah. yeah that's really good well, Nick, that wraps up
0: episode two. That wraps it up, man. Hey, what do we got to look forward to? All right, here we go. Episode three, uh, the last one about courage. We're going for courageous leadership.
1: Ooh, come and we on, are man. more
0: excited than ever to announce that we've got our first guest coming yeah, on the bitch. One Word Podcast. We're not going to spoil who it is, but be looking out for that first guest appearance on the One Word Podcast.
1: Let's go. You know what? I'm feeling generous,
0: Nick. Come on. Should we
1: give the people a discount? We- we should give the people what they want. Come Maybe on. the people don't even know. One <laughs> word, brand. We yes. sell shirts. Yes. We got shirts, so we have the courage shirt. If you want one for yourself, we're gonna give you a little discount. Use code Ooh. podcast, all lowercase. Just type in podcast right. when you check out on onewordbrand.com. Get a courage shirt. And we'll give you 20% off. Come I on. love it. That's good. That's a good deal. Get your gear. Rep it. It's a reminder
0: That's to true. live in courage That's on a true. daily basis. Choose it. Rep it. Live it. Choose it. Rep it. Um, live it. One yeah. podcast. That's what you need to get 20% off. Yeah, baby. If you don't have a one word shirt, what are you even doing? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Oh. All, All right. right. Well, that's it. Um, It's been fun. We look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. And peace out, baby. Peace out.